Hey everybody, my name is Joshua T. Berglund and you are watching Gratitude Unfiltered on the Live Mono Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network. Now, if you're watching on social media, I would be very grateful if you shared this broadcast or tagged a friend, but we are very proud of the work that we're doing at the Live Mono Worldwide Foundation's Multimedia Broadcast Network. Uh, we have launched several new shows and ministries. Uh, we're really proud of that and there's so much more to come. So thank you for those of you that are watching at livemonoworldwide.org or on Apple TV, Roku, or Amazon Fire. Also want to give a shout out to the E360 Television Network uh, for their support in blessing us with the technology to be able to do these broadcasts uh, for our foundation and through the work we do at the Live Mono Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network and our foundation. Uh, and we have a youth program called Voices for the Voiceless, and we are very passionate about serving uh, the youth. I mean, especially troubled youth or the youth that have been told their whole life that they're never going to amount to anything or their surroundings are nothing but chaos and crime and, and gang violence. We, we want to serve that population. We are passionate about serving that population all over the world because it is our belief that when you know media, when you learn media, and that is what we do with media literacy and teaching that, when you know this, you can take your intellectual property, everything that's up here, every your skill set, the things that you love to do, you can monetize that when you know media. And frankly, it doesn't matter what it is. Have you seen some of the ridiculous TV shows that are out there? Yeah, yeah. So when you know media, you know how to create your own ridiculous TV show or something of value. Now is the time to take Now's the time to take your destiny in your own hands, relying on Hollywood to give you a shot, relying on a church to give you a spot to speak, relying on other people to do it for you is not the recipe for success. And we're going to get into this because today's, I don't want to call this a sermon, but today's message, today's message is going to, one, get into why God has called us to do what, he, what he's called us to do, why it's important to do things in excellence, and also why it's important to believe and pray big things. How big is your God? How big are you willing to stretch your dreams? And here's the thing that I know more than anything, and I may, not, I may get into this before we're even supposed to start, but here's the thing, those dreams and visions that God gives you are God showing you what's possible for your life and every step and faith that you take, what happens? Not only does your faith build because God shows you why he, he called you, he commanded you, you were being pulled or drawn into that direction, but you were scared, but you took the leap of faith anyway. You confronted a demon. You confronted a giant in your life. You confronted this. You took this step in faith, and God showed you why. And every time you do that, what happens? The dream gets bigger. Your territory gets bigger. You get expanded. But we're going to go into all the details of that. But I want to thank each and every one of you who have been supporting the Live Mono Worldwide Foundation, our multimedia broadcast network. You've been supporting our, our youth media literacy program and our ministry. 
And look, we are redefining church because I'm not going to call it church. I'm not going to call it any of these things uh, that are normal because it's not going to be that. It's going to be an experience. Even the music we play is going to be different, but I promise you it's going to be Holy Spirit inspired. There's going to be some Holy Spirit flow and it's going to be awesome just having people here uh, in person and also on the broadcast network. We're going to be introducing some new technology. Uh, we've got a lot of fun stuff about to happen. It's it's super cool. Uh, a lot of things that have been years in the works are finally going to be unveiled, but we got to get there uh, little by little, and it does take resources to be able to do that. We've created an Amazon wish list, um, but also we are asking for your financial support. We are a 501c3 nonprofit, uh, so that means your donations are 100% write-off. Uh, we have been blessed to partner and work with some amazing organizations around the world, not just locally, but uh, you know, Starbucks has been a partner for us, and we've been so blessed to work with them. We've been doing some stuff with River Valley Church, um, that which really was has been indirect. It's amazing how unofficial relationships can be just as big as your official relationships, and that's what it's been like with River Valley. Um, We've been blessed to launch several different ministries. We have our youth media literacy program has its first students and it's awesome. It's awesome. We are here to serve and we believe with everything in us that if you're still breathing, God isn't done with you. And, and I assure you that no matter what you've done in your life, and I'm a living, living testimony to this, no matter what you've done in your life, God's plan for you doesn't change. No matter what circumstances that you see coming through your screens at the news or whatever media outlet, look, that's not always the reality. Or even if it was reality, guess what? It, it, it this, the, All of the things, the issues, the crazy that's going on in the world right now that is just going through your screen and all of the disinformation. Here's what I'm going to promise you. Those promises that God, and, and these are the promises, and promises can come a lot of ways. Promises in, in the word of God. Promises can come through visions and dreams. Promises can come through a word from someone else. God communicates a lot of different ways, but I want you to know is, is, is whatever you're faced with right now, it could be a drug addiction like meth. It could be a chemsex addiction like I battle with. It could be it, it, like... It's, and I say battle, look, I'm not out of the woods. <laughs> like, I don't know if I'm ever going to be, but I'm in the fight and I'm doing the work and I'm following God's lead, you know, and that is what's allowed me to heal. That's what's allowed me to, to take all the things in my life that I lost through my choices, my awful bad choices. It's allowed me to see God not just restore my life, but multiply it in a way that I never, ever thought would happen with the dark past that I've had, which goes over in the film, The Devil Inside Me, in our book. I go in detail, and I did some bad, evil things. But what God's done in my life is a miracle. And you know what? I'm not, I mean, I'm special in the eyes of the Lord, but so are you. So regardless of what you've done in your life, Regardless of the struggle that you that you you face daily, sometimes hourly, sometimes minute by minute, regardless of that, God's purpose for your life didn't change. And I promise you, I promise you, God's purpose for your life is great and it's better. It's better 
when you surrender to that fact, it's better when you surrender your control of your life, you surrender that over to him and let him take over. Your life will change for the better, I assure you. Will you be without complication? No, not at all. Because guess what? Complications are everywhere. So that said, I would appreciate your support. You can use this, use your phone to scan this barcode. Your support, if any kind, would be grateful. Uh, we would be grateful for that. And uh, that said, we're going to get into it. I'm excited for today's show. Today's going to be a lot of fun. Let's get into it. You want them rolling out the red carpet, the red carpet, the red carpet. You want them rolling out the red carpet, the red carpet, the red carpet. You want the finest things, the diamond rings, the designer jeans, all minor things in the widest scheme. But at what cost to realize your dreams? Been bleeding in the wheel more, put the crown of thorns on, spill more. My mic's bloody because I kill more, but I'm still poor. Bottom is where I started, but I get to the top and park it. Plug up in a harlot, my battery needs charging. And to reach my target is the illest in the market. It's some liquid from my arteries, will spill onto the carpet, yeah. Everybody want fame, nobody. Well, not everybody wants fame. <laughs> not everybody does. Um, but I like the last line of the song because it does say everybody wants fame, but not everybody wants to work for it. Like switch fame with success, switch fame or success with your purpose in life, um, your calling, your destiny. It's all the same. Because the truth is, in today's world, if you're successful, you're famous for the most part. Whether it's through social media, whether it's through your job, whether, I mean, fame is a weird thing. And fame is changing. Celebrity is different than it's ever been. Because now it's, there's not going to be any more mega celebrities. It's going to be, well, we're all going to have our own little pockets of it. Just like we're all going to be media organizations in the future. And if you're not a media organization, guess what? You're either going to be working for the robots or the robots are going to take your job. You're going to be stuck in a pod. Uh, yeah, I won't go down that road. We'll wait. <laughs> anyway, so I want to pray first because, you know, I can go down a lot of wormholes and sometimes I'm going to do it on accident, not really intend to, but the fact is this. Everything we are doing right now is trying to prepare you for what's coming. We're also trying to help you see the greatness in you, to see the Christ inside of you, to see God's purpose for your life. We want, and we want you to know with everything in us that no matter what you've been through, God's plan for you has not changed, and, he, and it's so good. And I know I said that before, but I'm going to say it again because it matters. So I was at church. There's two things that we're going to do today. I was at church um, yesterday, and it was so powerful. It was one of the most powerful sermons I've heard in a really long time. Actually, the last few have been very, I think, prophetic, um, and, they, and they've been encouraging. So I want to go over my notes from church yesterday, and then I'm going to dive into something else um, about mediocrity. Uh, so Confront Mediocrity is the title of it. 
the first things first, I'm going to go into my notes because this was so good. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. Ephesians 3.20. Actually, let me pray real quick. Heavenly Father, I come before you today just to ask to be a vessel today to to for Holy, Holy Spirit to speak through me. Holy Spirit, speak through me and give me the words that you want me to translate to the audience. The words that are going to hit them in the heart, to inspire them, to, to, to give them the courage to leave the dead behind. And when I say the dead, I'm talking about dead, no in relationships, dead, no in opportunity, dead, no in career, dead in no, dead, no end, dead friendships, people that are holding them down. I want to just ask that you give me the words that's going to encourage and inspire those, that bold step of faith to let it go and to fully step into what you've called us to do. Lord, we love you. And I just ask for anyone out there that's struggling with COVID or fear of COVID or any of those things, just fear in general, because there's a lot of people scared. Lord, I just ask that you help give them the, 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 the courage to shift their, their eyes from the distractions and focus on you, because that ultimately is where the truth is. And you are inside of us. You are inside of us and you you guide us. The truth is within all of us. We don't need it from the preacher. We don't need it from, from our friend. We don't need it from a coworker. We don't need it from the TV. We need it from you. And we just get to shut up and listen, Lord. So I ask that you give us the courage to shut up and listen after this broadcast. <laughs> but I do ask, Lord, that you speak to each and every one of the people watching today and light a fire light that Holy Spirit fire within each and every one of them. And if they don't know the Lord, if they don't know you, if they don't know the Holy Spirit, they don't know just how awesome Jesus is, Lord, I just ask that you reveal yourself to them in a big way today. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. So how many of you prayed for things? And God does answer, but it's not your timing. But when he answers your prayer, it's always better than what you prayed for. Always. It's always better. It's always better because what you were pulled out of, maybe it was to, to escape a problem. Well, maybe you had to deal with the consequences of that problem, but... What happened on the other side of it was a huge blessing. And not only that, you were able to learn from your mistake. Or, you know, you have a big dream and a big vision. And you pray. And when God finally answers the prayer, when it, it reveals itself, it's like, wow. You know, I imagine this. I imagine it this certain way. And, 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 and like the way I imagined it was cool. But this was better. I didn't see this coming. I did. I never in my wildest dreams that I would live in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I would move to some faraway land that there's no beach. Well, there's beaches, but it's not the beach. But then the answer to your prayers is so much happier or so much better. You ask for and you pray for a partner of your dreams. 
man, woman, like whatever it is for you, like, and you've prayed and God brings you somebody in the most unexpected way. And it's always better. Like my relationship, I prayed, the family that I prayed for, when I prayed and asked for another opportunity, God brought me Jessica and the two girls, uh, Brinley and, and Charlotte. And, and, and listen, I wanted a family. I prayed and asked for a family that I could lead, that I could love, that we could travel the world together and serve. I never in my wildest dreams thought well, I would get it. But more importantly, one of my biggest fears one of my biggest fears was to be a father again because I failed miserably being a father. I neglected my duty as a father and then I was too much of a junkie to, to even try to fight for my twins that I gave up for adoption. I was so far gone. But when I gave my heart to the Lord, my heart started to change. My circumstances changed. My attitude about things changed. The current situation and the relationship that I was in changed. Like, I was battling, and I, I, I'm i going to bring up the situation. This is not rehearsed. I don't know anything. I, I didn't know I was going to go here. But I want to ask you, how many of you have given your life to the Lord, and you may be one of those people that you weren't a good parent or you had no desire to be a parent, but you give your life to the Lord and all of a sudden you start to notice, I want a family. But then you're looking at your relationship. Going, we fight all the time. Like there's, there, there, there's addiction in this relationship. She, she or she gets drunk all the time and is mean to me and like, and she's constantly reminding me of my past, even though I gave my life to Christ and I've changed. I've changed my life. And I do the work every day to be the man that God created me to be because I see, I see who I am. And I see that there's something better for me. I see that I can even be better. And I want a family, but do I want to raise a family with this person? Do I want to bring a kid into this environment? Because isn't this just starting the process over? The healing process over? What am I going to do? For me, that was a real thing. And I'm not trying to badmouth anybody. But my heart grew stronger for desiring a family so much to the point that I started to finally wake up to the realization that her and I didn't belong together. And I started to realize that we didn't have a foundation. Our foundation was sex and drugs for years. So now fast forward, you know, I married somebody I didn't know. And I thought, and, and, you know, crazy thing about having visions is that, you know, I had to learn this. When you get a vision, most of the time, it doesn't mean it's going to happen tomorrow. It, like it takes some years. I remember 
getting a, like seeing the visions, like, oh my God, this is the woman I'm supposed to marry. And I was so convinced of it, it convinced me enough to leave the toxic relationship I could never leave. I couldn't leave and never had the courage. Every time I tried to leave, I came back because you know what? No one could hurt me like her, but she was the one that could nurse me back to health. So I stayed in that codependency thing. So anyway, that marriage of marrying somebody didn't know work out, but then I, that showed me, Hey, you know what? I need some time alone. I need to learn to be alone. I need to learn to be alone and trust God's plan here. I need to be obedient to that call. And I need to figure out how to love and trust myself. And loving and trusting myself allowed me to start doing the work to become who God created me to be and in turn became the man that deserved the woman of my dreams. I had to become the man to fit into the place that God wanted me to be as a family man. The desire of my heart aligned with God. Meaning, I really believe that as men, we are to, we are to have a family. I mean, I never wanted kids. I never wanted any of that stuff. But my heart was screwed up. And I still had kids anyway. Because I was a whore, but, you know, that's a whole other thing. But the point is that when I did the work in obedience, and I kept praying, and the desire of my, to have a family grew more and more and more, God moved mountains to not only answer my prayer, but to exceed my prayer by giving me Jessica and the girls. And all the while, my oldest daughter is now back in my life. That's God. That's God. And I can go on and on and on about how he's exceeded prayers, but I'm going to continue. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is, in, that is at work within us. Ephesians 3.20. God will do more than we ask. God will exceed our expectations. He does exceed our expectations. God has divine ability, limitless ability. God is the one with all the power, not some of it. And I know a lot of people that talk about God and Christ is in us. I believe that. I believe that Jesus is inside of me. Okay? I believe it. I can feel it. I can feel the Holy Spirit flow through me. I believe it. With all my heart, I believe that Christ is there. Okay? Believe that. And I know some people that say, I am source. Here's what I know. I know that I have a role in helping make these things happen. I have actions to take. I have steps of faith to take. I have obedience to follow. I think I said that right. I get to be obedient, in other words. Like when the Spirit calls, I'm obedient. When I feel prompted by the Holy Spirit, and if you don't even call it the Holy Spirit, you just feel the Spirit inside of you or something, the voice inside of you, whatever you want to call it. I believe that's the Holy Spirit. When you listen to that, 
it, it keeps you on the path to your destiny. And it is the surefire way to get there faster is through obedience. But I am not God. I can co-create with God, I believe, because I have actions and I have responsibility in this. I can't just do whatever I want and expect to have all my dreams come true. That doesn't, it doesn't happen that way. It doesn't happen that way. So God is the one with all the power. Therefore, he can do all things through us. I trust that God has all the power. Therefore, I'm going to surrender what power I have for his because I can have it if I surrender to him. Woe to him. Wait, 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 before I go into that. God, like, we can't, we can't outgive God. So, like, some people just scoff at tithing. Look, I've seen it over and over and over and over in my life. You sow where you want to grow. You sow who's feeding you spiritually. You sow into them, and your sowing is multiplied. I've never asked, I, like one other time, I think I asked for, uh, for people to donate to us and, and it's uncomfortable, but I see the value in tithing because I've seen it happen in my own life. I don't believe, even though we have a heart for serving and we do, and we do serve, we, we quit posting about it. Now we quit talking about it, but we're actively serving because this is our, what we love to do. It's why we started a foundation. Like we love to do it. But we are also a ministry and, and we want people to sow into us. And because we have a big mission and we want to help all over the world. And, and I, so I believe in tithing and I believe that why we've gotten to this situation is because we have tithed. And guess what? Where we've sown, God has multiplied and God has expanded our territory. I've seen that happen. Like, Doing what we are called to do and asked to do by the Lord, it, 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 it's like, for some reason, it's hard for some people, but it's worth the act in obedience. It's worth going, okay, you know what? You're right. And, 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 and God shows up and wows us all the time. And it's not just in sowing, it's just in answering our prayers too. And it, Every time our prayer is answered, it comes in some other way. God exceeds our expectations every time. And for years, I've lived off of miracles. Miracle after miracle after miracle, and I mean it sincerely. But here's the reason why. Because for a long time, and actually, I'm going to reset this a little bit. If you're somebody that has... Like just giving your life to the Lord, right? And and you're 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 walking out obedience, and you're you're doing all the right things. You feel, and you're going, "Where's my blessing at? Where's my blessing?" I had to learn something, and I don't have any biblical context for this necessarily. And I'm sure one of you does. Um, I'm not a pastor, but I'm learning and growing in the Word, like maybe like most of you probably. But the Boy, brain fart. <laughs> I shouldn't have reset. 
<laughs> um, uh, blah, blah, blah. I'll move on. It'll come to me in a second. That really stinks, though. Um, I, I, here, okay. God exceeds our prayers or exceeds everything that we pray for. And every time, and I said this at the very beginning, every time that we, we pray and then we're prompted to take a leap of faith or all of a sudden, I mean, how do me ask you this? Have you ever prayed for something? And then all of a sudden you pray for this big thing, right? And then all of a sudden you have a giant obstacle get right in your path. Have you ever had that happen? Like, give me a one. If you're if you're watching where you can chat, um, if you're listening, obviously you can't do this. But if you are watching, like put a one or something in the comments, like, or just say me. Because, like, I want to tell you something that matters. For the longest time in my early walk with the Lord, and even times that I tried to turn my life around but failed miserably, God would put this giant, I would pray for something big, and this giant would get in my way. I used to believe that that meant my dreams were stupid and I didn't, it didn't belong to me or this wasn't for me or, nah, I was never going to have the success, right? No, actually what that is, that's how, like, how much do you really want this? Are you willing to work for it? Are you willing to pay the price? Are you willing to trust me to step into that fear? Are you willing to trust me to surrender whatever it is, addiction, drugs, sex, cheating? Are you willing to surrender it when you're prompted to? Or is it getting rid and walking away from a relationship? Are you willing to trust him to do that? Those are the giants I'm talking about. And when you're given it and you walk away, or you do what is you face not I'm sorry when you get the giant in front of you and you face it you face it by throwing it away you face it by surrendering it you facing it and it may be having that impossible conversation maybe the giant is forgiving someone maybe the giant is forgiving yourself but then you do it what happens that giant goes away and you become bigger than that giant ever dreamed of being. That's what happens when you trust God because you are guaranteed to be victorious in Christ. You may lose a battle here and there, but you will win the war. Woe to him who builds his palace by unrighteousness, his upper rooms by injustice, making his own people work for nothing, not paying them for their labor. Jeremiah 22, 13. So these are the notes I wrote down for this. So woe to him who builds his palace by unrighteousness. Build our own house. Build our house on truth. Build our house on truth. Build it on a solid foundation of God's promise and our obedience to him. I was confronted with the opportunity and I've shared this story a lot and I'd always go back to it because one, we have a bunch of people new watching and it's also worth repeating. But I remember when God gave me the vision for Gratitude Unfiltered. I was doing a show called Morning Gratitude. I was coming out of a month long meth relapse basically. 
I mean, it really was. I didn't do it every day for a month, but four days on, day off, four days on, day off, but nearly killed myself. Especially on that fourth day, the final day, when I was looking to score and God came to me in a vision and gave me gratitude unfiltered and gave me the calling card of what we're going to do, how we're going to do it, and what's on the other side of it. Why I'm talking about the things I'm talking about now are from that day. Where we are at, you can go back and watch the freaking episodes. Like, <laughs> live in Los Angeles, well, actually it was Beverly Hills when I was there. And, like, everything that's happening in my life right now, I saw that day. But God had something for me to do. And in a part of that also was putting a spotlight on my shadow world. Do you know how uncomfortable it is to talk about my different sexualities? And I say different because each personality has a different one. Do you know how uncomfortable it is to talk about? I mean, it's not as uncomfortable now. I'm used to it. But having HIV, you know what it's like talking about being an abuser and being abused? Like, I'm weird. I'm weird. And, and, I, and I talk about things that make people uncomfortable. If you've seen the devil inside me, when we were given the, 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 the command to write the book that I've avoided writing and to write it in a way that there was nothing anyone could say, there's no ex of mine that can say that didn't happen. Or they can try to go write their own book and try to make me look like a monster, but it's like, ah, it's already in his book. He already said it. I'm not doing it to make me look good. In fact, I've been told over and over and over again, it'd be a lot easier for Josh to get sponsors if he didn't talk about Jesus so much. Well, screw you. I'm going to talk about Jesus because I love Jesus. And I have nothing without him. Nothing. Nothing. Because I'd be dead. Dead. So dead. Dead. And, 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 and honestly, I remember the day. God, don't let my mom find me like this. Like, overdose after overdose after overdose. I prayed that prayer so many times. Like, I should be dead. I'm not. I should be in prison still. I'm not. I'm not comfortable. It's not a joy to talk about these things because, frankly, I'd be way more entertaining talking about all the other crazy stuff in my head than this. But this is what God called me to do. He said to me, do you want to build, do you want to make, oh, this is exactly how it happened. Do you want $250 million in your bank account? Yeah, I do. I mean, especially now, because there's a lot of good that we're going to do with that money. But do you want $250 million in your bank account? Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, how are you going to feel about writing $15 million checks to make people be quiet about you and your past? What's the point of having $250 million if I can't spend it or I can't use it for anything? Okay, so build your house on truth. Show people the supernatural power of truth. Put a spotlight on your shadow world. Show people 
how to get out of hell. So that's what I'm doing. I'm not the most popular person on the planet, but you know what? I had other opportunities. I could have taken a fast track to success, but it didn't work because I needed to be obedient to the Lord. Build our house on truth. I believe our secrets are their gift to the world. Build it on a solid foundation of God's promises. God's promises are awesome. Especially for the part that he knows his plans for us are also awesome. He created us for a unique and special purpose. And that purpose is good. And that purpose is not even about you. My purpose is not about me. It's about others and the role we get to play in this life and helping other people. So do you want $250 million in the bank account? Yes, Lord, I do. Then build your house on truth and then no one can take anything from you. It's only when you lie, deceive, and manipulate that you put yourself at risk. Then your house is built on quicksand. Build it on a foundation of truth. Pray bigger. How big is your God? You can pray bigger. You can pray bigger prayers. It's worth doing because I promise you the supernatural world is bigger, better, and more real, way more real than the reality that we see here. It's kind of a mind trip, but it's true. So these big prayers, send them straight to heaven. And you can't, like, you can't outgive God. I know now remember what I was saying about tithing. When you go above and beyond in your tithe, God blesses you. God blesses you when you sow where you want to grow. When, you, when you're being spiritually fed somewhere, God, God, like, you're just giving God what's his, but you're also giving him more fuel to bless you. That's not why you tithe, by the way, but it happens. So that's why I'm bringing this up. How big is your God? He's as big as your prayer life. He's as big as your steps in faith. For me, Tokyo, Moscow, Los Angeles, Miami, Johannesburg, Paris, New York City, Las Vegas, San Diego, Mexico City, Oklahoma City, Minneapolis, Dubai, Australia, with Sydney, Australia. Those are where I want to have voices for the voiceless. That's where I want to have. Why I'm asking for people to give and sow. It's not just, it's not just this broadcast. It's not just, and you can't see the whole room right now, but hosting people here to start our ministry. It's all preparing us. It's a step. It's all a step. And, and, and you get things in doses to show, one, you can be a good steward of what you're blessed with, but also to prepare you and equip you for the bigger picture, which is for us is to take this ministry and travel. To, to implement Voices for the Voiceless, the media literacy program all over the world. In-person, community, gathering, food, fellowship, 
networking, collaboration, iron sharpening iron. This is what we want to do all over the world. This is why we are asking for your support. Okay. Actually, wait. One more. I forgot Honolulu. <laughs> um, those are just my personal notes. But I, I'll tell you what I wrote. Um, Lord, expand our territory. Help me take the limits off of you. Father God, would you expand my vision? I have a big vision. Big. I want him to expand it. Father God, will you make me more bold? That was the other note I wrote to myself. Okay. So we're going to get into bold leaders. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over this and then, and then we'll end it. But thank you for being here again. Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I'm going to put this verse right here for you. Banners. Should be more efficient with this. Well, never mind. I can't do it. Dadgummit. Too many letters. Oh, well. So I'm going to read it one more time. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. You will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. God didn't waste anything when he created you. You're a gift. Every one of you are a gift. A gift. You're a miracle. I know with some of your circumstances, you're probably going, yeah, that's not really realistic. Bullcrap. God is so, like, no matter what you're dealing with, and again, I'll say it again, like God's plan for you hasn't changed. But so many of us try to take control and control like every aspect of our life instead of just trusting him. And even if you're not a believer, even if you're somebody that just doesn't like, yeah, Jesus was a man, Jesus was a prophet, whatever your story is about Jesus, but you're not a believer. You don't even, you doubt it, God exists. You doubt there's a creator. There's an all-knowing creator. You did you doubt that there's a manufacturer of your life. You doubt that. But you're struggling right now. I challenge you. And if I'm wrong, send me hate mail. Send it to me. But I challenge you to take whatever it is that you're holding on to that you know you need to let go of. I challenge you right now to say, God, creator, source, whatever your real name is. If you're real, I surrender this to you. Thy will be done. Take this from me. I am not handling this the right way. Look, I know I don't talk to you very much, God. I, I, I know that I doubt your existence. But if you're real, 
I surrender. Thy will be done. I challenge you to do it. Challenge you. Have you ever seen the image of a school of fish all swimming in the same direction? But there's one bold fish swimming in the opposite direction. Kind of reminds me of the people lining up for COVID shots right now. Sorry, should have gone there. It's a fairly common and elementary image, but it speaks a very powerful message. In this group of fish, all following the current, the path of least resistance, there is one fish that dares to stand out and challenge the norm. Did you know that you're all supposed to be that one fish? Because even that one fish is going to find its tribe. It's going to find its helpers. We're all leaders. We all have a unique purpose. But the only way to step into that purpose is the fishes are going this way, you go this way. You see all the marketing programs online and what everybody else is doing and enrolling you into? Go your own way. Step into your own path and quit being a follower of the masses. The masses are going to lead you into a ditch. Follow this instead. As leaders, we are called to be that one bold fish. We are called to stand out and confront mediocrity. In Romans 12, 2, we read about not conforming to the worldly ways of the culture we live in. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Bold leaders do not follow the current of this world. Bold leaders go the extra mile. How many of you do the job just to get the job done? Like you do it like, ah, work's done. I'm over. I'm done. I finished my job. Got my nine to five checked off today. How many of you do that and know you've got more to give? I believe when you know inside that you've got more to give and you don't, you are robbing other people of your gift and your blessings. You are robbing God of how he wants to use you. God is not a nine to five God. 24 hours, 365 days a year. And yes, you need to rest. Yes, you need to take care of yourself. Yes. But you know what? We get to do things in excellence. And that means going the extra mile, even when you're not supposed to. Even if you're not being paid to do it, go the extra mile anyway. To me, that's sowing. To me, that's a tithe. You're sowing unto people. Wherever you work, it's worth, it's worth doing the extra sprints. It's worth doing the extra rep. It's worth giving the compliment to your spouse or your girlfriend or boyfriend. It's worth doing the extra work. It's worth reading the bedtime story when you don't feel like it. It's worth it. Go the extra mile. Do things in excellence. Bold leaders do not follow the current of this world. Bold leaders go the extra mile. They strive for excellence in everything.
and do not tolerate mediocrity in anything. In a world where just good enough has become acceptable, it is paramount that we challenge the mentality and hold ourselves to a higher standard. You're complaining about the direction the world's going, it's because we've started settling for less than our best. We've started settling for less than what God created us for. And you know what? I don't want anything less than all that God has for me. And I don't care if that means I get to be the one that's going face first into the zombie apocalypse. I don't care. I want to do what God's called me to do because the only thing that I know that lights my fire faster than anything is when I'm being obedient, is when I answer the call. It's when God shows me something and I step in faith to do it, as crazy as it sounds. That is how I live. That is how you get to live. And when I'm saying to live, look, you're just existing or you're living. Existing doesn't work for me. I need to live to feel alive. I know that may sound like an ignorant statement. Bear with me. Living is obedience. Living is stepping in faith. Living is taking Holy Spirit-inspired risk. Living is doing something. Doing something I'm passionate about. Doing something I care about. Quit saying no because I'm scared. But say yes because I'm going to trust God. That's living. That's exhilarating. That is the sweetest, like for my, my druggies out there, my former druggies, there is no greater high in the world than a Holy Spirit-fueled high that comes through obedience, that comes through taking leaps of faith. It's euphoric. And I'm a euphoria junkie. Colossians 3.20, I'm sorry, 3.23. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you are working for the Lord rather than for people. I want to address this too. We're getting ready to wrap this up. There's times that you have to do things that you may not want to do work-wise, volunteering, serving-wise. But for some reason, like, the opportunity was presented. You're like, okay, God, is this for me? Is this what you want me to do? Is this, is this, is this from you? Like, how's washing dishes and cleaning and, and bussing tables, how... How is this going to lead me to my purpose, God? How, how, how is this job making $10 an hour going to be something that leads me to what you created me to do? You didn't call me to be wait staff. You didn't call me to be a dishwasher. It's easy to have that attitude. And it's also easy because, well, you know, it, it pays. It's the only job I can get right now, so I'm going to work. It's easy just to have that attitude. Or... You can do the job in excellence. I see this all the time when I'm on set. Whether it's a movie or a TV commercial, it doesn't matter. This happens all the time. You walk in. 
there's hundreds of extras, hundreds. 99 extras are on their phone, farting it around, not paying attention. And then you have the one guy, let's just say this is the director. Hey, director, here you are, right there. The director goes over here, you're right there. Director. Now, you don't want to be right next to him because that's kind of annoying, but you're ready to go. You're around the casting, the casting people. Like you're just on set, you're ready to go, you look ready. You're not on your phone, you're not farting around, but you were there as an extra, right? 99 extras over there on their phone, but you are there ready to go. What happens? In my experience, you get bumped up to a principal role. What's the difference in pay? Probably about 1,500% or more. It makes a difference. The washing the dishes and all that stuff that you don't want to do because wash it, actually, I find it quite therapeutic. But you know what? God, I'm going to tell you that there's not been times that I was like, this is beneath me. But do you know what's happened? In those catering jobs and party and event jobs that you, you're just a, you know, whatever, you just kind of show up, your contract work, your attempt, whatever it may be, you show up. Oh my God, look who I've met. Or you're there and you start to go, you're watching all these people. You know, everyone's got their function, everyone's doing their thing. And what you're seeing is, like, you're, you're looking around going, this is out of place. Well, this would look better over here. Um, okay, that person, that's their role. And you're learning everybody's different jobs. You could look at it like you're just at a restaurant or you're just at a hotel catering event, right? But no, what it's actually preparing you for is event production. Which then, if you know media production or you know media at all, you know broadcasting at all, like, wait a second, now I just learned through washing dishes and picking up plates and busting tables I've learned a very important piece of production. Then you take a little thing over here with broadcasting. You started this talk show on your phone. Like, what, 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 I mean, this is not going anywhere. A phone? What you're learning is how to talk on camera. On cue, you're learning how if you mess up when you're live, how to just roll with it. What does that prepare you for? Public speaking. Speaking at a church. Voiceover work. Tie that in. Now, not only can I produce events and broadcast events, now I can be a part of TV broadcasted events. I can go on and on and on. When you show up, do it in excellence, whatever it is. Heck, I partied my balls off. I don't get anything I can say that. This is not church. Uh, I partied my face off, literally almost, over and over and over again. I did that in excellence. Why can't I serve the Lord in excellence too? Way more fun to serve the Lord in excellence. 
In Numbers, we read about Moses sending 12 spies into the promised land. Upon returning, they gave a negative, faithless report. However, Caleb challenged the norm. He encouraged the people to take the land that God had promised them. In Joshua 14, he says, I returned and gave an honest report, but my brothers who went with me frightened the people from entering the promised land. For my part, I wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. There's people that are living in fear that are going to make decisions out of fear that have permanent consequences. Because the movie theater is going to be taken away from me. I'm not going to be able to go to the football game. I'm not going to be able to fly. I'm not going to be able to go shopping. My life is going to be so different. Oh. Think for yourselves on that one. Fear is why we are in the situation to begin with. Caleb confronted mediocrity. He didn't conform to the crowd around him, but stood firm in his conviction despite adversity. You see, mediocrity is comfortable, but excellence requires conviction. It's easy to cultivate mediocrity because it costs nothing. It costs nothing. The devil doesn't want you if you're mediocre. He's gonna leave you alone. No, just keep doing what you're doing. You're fine. Like lukewarm. Oh, you love God. You believe in God. You know God. You know there's a God. You know there's Jesus. I go to church. That's not serving the Lord. It's not. It's not doing it in excellence. That's checking the box. And checking the box is mediocrity. It's easy to cultivate me mediocrity because it costs nothing, whereas excellence demands sacrifice. We see this in the life of King David in 2 Samuel 24, 21 through 24, where he is offered property for free to make offerings to God, yet he insists on pain because he refused to give God something that cost him nothing. David and Caleb confronted mediocrity. Instead of taking the easy route, they went the extra mile in pursuit of excellence. How'd that work out for him? Bold leaders don't cut corners or finish short. Instead, they take one more step after everyone else has stopped. Go the extra mile. So, application questions. In what areas of your life do you need to confront mediocrity? In what areas of your life do you need to confront me mediocrity? If you're in the chat, answer. I dare you to answer. In what areas of your life is God encouraging you to live with excellence? Besides always. Name it. Name one thing. Name one thing. Name one area of your life that God is encouraging you to live with excellence. What is one small step you can take towards that? One step. What can you do? God, thank you for calling 
Thank you for the calling you've placed in my life, Lord. Help me to be a bold leader. Help me to be a bold, bold, ambitious leader and confront mediocrity in my life. Holy Spirit, teach me to live a lifestyle of excellence and to put my heart and soul into everything I do. I pray this for myself. I pray this for my family. And I pray this for everyone watching, Lord. I pray this for them. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys, thank you so much for being here. God bless you. Um, it's been fun. I enjoyed this. See you soon.